When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, there's so much pent-up demand for weddings as we start to come out of the pandemic shutdown. That's pretty exciting. While weddings are great, I want to make sure you are financially prepared before you as a couple take the big leap. Also, Are you like me and you try to squeeze every last drop out of your toothpaste tube? I've got something fun that may make it easier for us in the future. So, so many weddings have been deferred over the last year plus. And a good friend of mine's son was supposed to get married April of 20. And they were getting married in Jamaica. And that obviously did not happen. And they were going to have quite a few people at this destination wedding. They ended up, as the months dragged on and all that, they ended up getting married in the early spring of this year with almost nobody in attendance. But they finally got the wedding done. And this summer, we're going to see an unusually large number of weddings more than we would normally see cycle through because of all these weddings that did not take place last year. And as more people get vaxxed, um, couples are able to have people attend their weddings. And so exciting as we emerge from the pandemic as we get enough vaxes out there. But when people are getting married, there are a lot of things that they're, they're excited about, they're planning for and all that. But there's one thing I've found over the years that I'm Dr. Doom about with <laughs> couples getting married, couples getting together. And that is they won't talk about the money situation. And couples tend to couple up get married later in life than they used to by quite a few years. So people have already established their own financial habits. People have already developed their portfolio of debts. And it's so uncomfortable for couples to talk about. You know, it's even more uncomfortable for couples that end up moving in together and may someday decide to get married, but they've just kind of moved in and it doesn't have like a formal day. It just kind of happens over time. And they still haven't talked about the money stuff. And people getting married usually haven't talked about it. And I find that uh, particularly in the first three years of marriage, one of the greatest flashpoints you can have that sours 
the love in a couple is when they go into a marriage with money pressures that have not been disclosed. And I think it's really, really important for you to get these things on the table, these issues about money. Now, I'm not one of those people who says, show me your credit score. I want to see your credit score. Uh, I remember, (laughs) oh, I remember a story like two years ago, three years ago about people who, before they'll date somebody, want to know their credit score. One of the dating sites had put out a thing. That was one of the things people wanted to know about somebody they were considering dating. And if their credit score wasn't any good, they didn't want to date them. Whatever happened to romance? Anyway, it is something, though, that can destroy the romance if you don't come clean and talk about uh, whether you have student loans or you have a habit of using credit cards or uh, you're really good about saving or you're not so good about saving, having those conversations. It is not a single talk. And I don't want obsession about money either. But what I do want is I want disclosure and conversations about goals and what things are important to you and how you're going to meet them. Let's say you have a couple that gets together and a real important goal, maybe for both of them, is to own a home. But you've never talked about the inconvenient issues with maybe lousy credit for one of you. And then the other ones start going out and looking at homes. And you get to that awkward stage where you got to pre-qualify for a mortgage. And at that point, that's when your partner, your spouse finds out that you have all these things. Uh-uh. That is unhealthy for trust and building that strong relationship together. So I'm sorry if I sound like Uncle Clark right now. But learn this up front instead of in the school of relationship hard knocks, that having these ongoing conversations about goals, not dreams, but goals. What do you want to have happen? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next while? And how do you get there? You know, you can have a situation where one person is driving an old junk heap car and the other person's in some fancy new European car and what one doesn't realize is the one driving the junk heap owns it free and clear and the one in the European fancy car is in a uh, uh, help me say the word Krista oh lease oh a lease a lease yeah those European cars almost always flash no cash Mm. and there's some kind of say the word again for me lease lease thank you And so have these conversations, get on a page where you're not necessarily both doing things the same way, but that you understand each other and that you can make the compromises necessary so that you achieve the goals together that you want to for your relationship and for your life. This is from Jana in Florida. We purchased a couch using a furniture store credit card and had 12 months no interest promotion. I never had a late payment, but realized yesterday that it had been 45 days since the promotion expired. Therefore, we've accrued $1,000 in interest. 
spoke to the bank several times and they indicated there is nothing they can do because of the contract. Can you please help? We could have paid it off, but we completely overlooked the date because of the automated payment process. John, I wish there was something I could tell you you could do about this. And it is the brutal fact of no, no, no plans that they count on a huge percent of people in a plan not getting the interest-free loan paid off in time. And as you discovered, interest is retroactive to day one. Legally, there's nothing you can do about it. The only hope, because if you ran up $1,000 in interest in that year, you bought some pretty expensive furniture, is that the store manager may give you some kind of coupon towards a future purchase that would help you defray some of this because they'd love to have you continue to spend big money in the store. But in terms of the, uh, the bank that owns that paper, they're never going to do a concession for you because that's how they make their money is on people who intend to pay it off and don't. And what I recommend anytime you use a no, no, no plan, no down payment, no interest, no payment for six months, a year, 18 months, whatever. And then the interest is retroactive the first day. If you even leave one penny outstanding is that you put on an electronic calendar. If you keep a paper one, it's on there where you know when that final payment must be made so that you don't get hit with any of those interest charges. And I don't have a magic wand to wave for you in this case, unfortunately. This is from Sophie in Georgia. I just turned 18 and my parents told me to freeze my credit, but all three credit bureaus will not let me do it by the computer. I have to send copies of my driver's license, social security card, and a letter explaining why I want to freeze my credit by mail. One credit bureau told me I don't have enough credit to get a freeze. Does that make sense? Sophie, it does not make sense what the customer no service person told you at Equifax. What you're referring to is what they call in the credit reporting industry a nowhere thin. That you, because you've not had credit prior, they don't show you exist. But there's a procedure the credit bureaus have that the customer no service worker didn't understand where they create a file for you as someone with a thin or no. And so you are able with all three to establish the reason you have to mail into all three Sophie is because you are invisible right now the credit reporting industry they have to have source documents that they're asking for that have to be mailed in to create that empty file that they then can freeze for you and I know it's a hassle to have to mail in all this stuff but it's worth it because you don't want, without you knowing it, to have somebody uh, establish an identity as if they're you and cause all kinds of mischief for you later. And I'm sorry that the customer no service worker at Equifax didn't understand how they were supposed to do that. This is from Andrew in Massachusetts. Why am I apologizing for Equifax? <laughs> I don't know. Andrew in Massachusetts says, I'm nearing the end of my three-year lease on my 2018 Mazda CX-5. What is it with lease suddenly? <laughs> I started it. 
My plan is to buy out the vehicle by financing the residual value set forth by Mazda. I hear you quite often recommending credit unions as a great option. Do you have any in particular that are known to have the lowest rates without any surprises attached to the loan? Is there a specific site I can use to shop multiple credit unions all at once? Unfortunately, no, but it doesn't take that long. If you go to CUNA.org, you'll be able to find credit unions near you that you're eligible to join. And then to go to their websites, most disclose their loan rates right on their website. You don't even have to sign in as a member, uh, although they'll only be able to show you a range. The lowest rates will be people with really top drawer credit scores, usually 760 or 780 and above. And then they'll show the full range of scores. But you'll be able to get a sense and then figure out which credit union that you're eligible for near you is the one you want to join. And this is a way right now to turn a lease to your advantage with the inflated value of both used and new vehicles right now because of several factors related to the pandemic. The residual stated in your lease on the Mazda is going to be a very favorable buyout for you to buy that vehicle, pay it off with a loan, and continue to drive it and then drive it till the wheels fall off. And then the fact that you leased it first becomes a non-factor with your wallet. And I want you to squeeze every penny. You know, that's what I'm about. Uh, the other day, I saw a quarter and a penny on the floor at Costco. <laughs> I was with you. And what did I do? You said, I'm rich, but then you did leave it on the counter for I someone else. I left it else. for someone who might be short of change when they were checking out. But anyway, I do bleed every penny, and I'm going to talk about something hopefully all of us use, toothpaste. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it would be really cute if we put a video on Clark.com of me at the end of a tube of toothpaste. Do you have one of those little squeezy things you can put on it? I, I, used, have to, I used to have one of those, and I've lost it, that you put on. It was kind of like a key and help you squeeze out. Dollar store, man. All the, I haven't seen that at Dollar Tree. That's where I got mine. Okay, I'll look. So, uh, But I, I'm ridiculous getting every last bit of toothpaste out of the toothpaste tube. And now Colgate has come up with a new one. You may have seen a, a feature item on it. They've come up with something that has this coating that gets you the last actual minuscule amount of toothpaste out of the tube, which seems like working against their own self-interest. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like a lot more expensive. I don't know. But, you know, I know it seems silly when you hear about the way I am about money. And it's true that the money that really ultimately matters in your life is what you spend on housing and cars. That that money is the big money in terms of making it easier for you to meet life's financial priorities. 
A lot of people stretch to the breaking point with what they pay for housing. Some places in the country, like Seattle, um, the Bay Area, there are certain spots in the country where, I mean, you really don't have much of a choice. Housing is so ridiculously expensive. But in a lot of places, it is a lifestyle choice we've made to really run up those housing costs. And then the vehicles, more than any other part of our budget, where we devote a lot more money than we have to, we do it as a want to, is what we spend on vehicles. But regardless, there's a lot of other spending at the margins that we can attack. And the toothpaste thing, it's all part of a mentality of being careful with every penny. Yeah, it is true that the housing and cars part of it is not the whole game, but it is a big part of what gets people into a hole each month. But regardless, with the other spending you have, there's so many different things you can do that the toothpaste tube is almost just like um, an example. It's almost like a goal to think about everything you do to be mindful so that you free up money in your life. And there's another way to look at it. And whatever reaches you uh, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, to get you to, to have more control of your wallet, that's what I want you to do. I mean, a whole nother way of doing it, and it's something that I've talked about through the years, is the whole concept of pay yourself first. The thinking that you put money aside from your paycheck automatically before everything else happens. And Krista, I've not said this to you. I'm really proud of you and how you've handled that side of your life. Because Thank you. you. You, by your own admission, have had a trouble where you spend money on things that later you're like, why did I spend money on that? Sure. Because you're as close to perfect as anybody I know, but, <laughs> but you're not, not perfect. Yeah, not. But, but you, I, you inspired me when I was in my early 20s to start saving for retirement. I heard you on your radio show and I started my 401k and a Roth IRA. And now you're in your late 20s and you've been doing mm. all that stuff. Nope. For these. No. Coming up on the half century. So uh, the idea of saving that money before you see it in a paycheck, in a 401k, an automatic deposit into a Roth IRA, whatever, that's the other approach. And it can be a combination of things, but really it's got to be where you create the habits and how you spend money or how you save money before that money materializes in your life. It's what creates the freedom when you live on less than what you make. And it is core and key to reducing anxiety in your life. There are people who can have money trouble who sleep just fine night after night. They don't even feel it. They don't even notice. I couldn't. But most people are troubled by money trouble, that it does create anxiety. Sleeplessness um, may elevate their heart rate, whatever. And so having more control creates not just more freedom in your life, but more serenity in your life as well. 
All right. Speaking of saving money, Mark in Georgia wrote in and said, I've heard you mention that you use one disposable razor a year, but I've never heard the story on how you make this work. What is your technique? Only shaving once a year? So Mark, I don't think you've seen, I have a mountain man beard. (laughs) No, he doesn't. By the end of a year reaches to my waist. So what I do is so simple and it came from a listener's suggestion. And that is, that you simply dry your blade after every use. And people use different methods to do so. It stretches the life of a blade a long, long, long time. Now, one of my daughters says that my method really is not environmentally sensitive. She instead uses a safety razor where she has a handle we've had this suggestion from people before because safety razor blades are ultra ultra cheap and you're not throwing away a disposable handle and so she uses those they last a good while but when they're done she disposes of them very little waste and she saves a lot of money but simply by drying i've made the last two what i do is the first day of my son's school year I bring out a new blade and I use that blade till his next school year starts. (laughs) The longest I've ever had a blade last was, well, I carried it 14 months, but it was nicking me and it was really uncomfortable using it. So I'm past that foolishness. I just go a whole year. Okay. (laughs) Is that foolish too? Nope. Matthew in Texas says, I use my credit card to pay for a parking space in downtown downtown San Antonio almost six weeks ago. Today, the charge finally appeared as pending on my bank's app, which I check every day. The amount I will be charged is accurate, but six weeks is a long time. Is there any recourse to this? Can vendors wait as long as they want to charge me? Can they wait 52 weeks? Why would they want to wait so long? Thanks. So Matthew, yes, they can wait long, long, long times. My understanding, the reason that the parking thing they wait a long time till they post a charge is they're trying to aggregate your parking charges into one because of the credit card processing fees per charge. So in any of a number of communities, the vendors who handle the administration of parking fees at meters or at those kiosks that a lot of cities have, they will hold that assuming you're a local that you're regularly going to park at a paid parking thing or hope that's what you do. And then they add them all together and post a single charge so they reduce the credit card processing fees or debit card processing fees, whichever is the case. So can't do anything about it. It's all about them trying to save money. James in Alabama says, what are your thoughts on Dogecoin? I know your stance on Bitcoin, and I feel like I missed that boat. I'm curious if your thoughts are similar on the two. Faithfully listening, James in Huntsville. James, I upset people so much when I talk about cryptos. So there's a lot of uh, facets of electronic money that will be part of the future. The thing right now is we are in the pioneering stage, the Wild West, if you will, and a crypto will really be a value when it maintains a consistent, steady value. With any of the cryptos today, 
They're all about speculation of values moving wildly in short periods of time. And so they're not truly real money when you can't count on the stability of the value. And there will be, over time, platforms that use a lot of the principles of cryptocurrency that are able to maintain a market value. In fact, there's one of them that has been making the rounds in Asia that works on a market basket of fiat currencies, of government-issued currencies to maintain a clear, stable value. That's when crypto will become very valuable to industry doing international transactions, people traveling, uh, going to different places in the world. When crypto matures and it has a value that you can count on versus these wild swings up and down. So I don't feel any different about the crypto you asked about, Bitcoin, any of the others, and you did not miss the boat because Bitcoin was a, is and was a speculative activity, not a real money in the traditional sense. And go ahead and post your objections to what I've said if you are a big Bitcoin follower at Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. And this is from Justin in Illinois. We had a recent hailstorm in my area and roofers are knocking on my door to inspect and repair roofs in my neighborhood. I don't have any major damage, but they tell me insurance will pay for a whole new roof. Should I use my insurance to fix my roof or pay out of pocket? So this has been something that is destroying the Florida homeowners insurance market. There is enormous homeowners insurance fraud going on in the state of Florida that has led to people having their insurance canceled who've never made a claim, that's led to massive escalation in premiums, and these dishonest people that are involved in saying, hey, get a free roof, get a free roof, it's going to cost you nothing, your insurance company's going to pay, we're just going to write it up saying this was because of hail. This is unethical, dishonest, dirty, crooked, and will demolish the ability for us to buy adequate homeowner's insurance at a reasonable price. You asking me this question from Illinois, it's almost always a Floridian who's asking me this question, and I hate if this becomes a plague around the country with these roofers cheating the insurance companies by telling you there's a free lunch. It's not a free lunch. And I want to thank you for being a part of Team Clark. And for more consumer advice, you can contact Team Clark. Just go to clark.com slash CAC.